This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Halftime Show podcast. This is the Halftime Show with Umar Adouri on Pulse 95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! Yes, yes, yes. Salam and welcome to the Halftime Show with Omar Alduri. I am your host covering everything sport, international and local. Hope you're having a great weekend. England have just knocked out New Zealand in the World Cup semi-final. Yes, you heard it right, folks. England knocked out New Zealand in the World Cup semi-final to reach the final of the World Cup in Japan. Big, big news. And for that, I'll give them a little round of applause because they deserve it. No one really expected England to win, but we're happy that they did. And that's one part. Coming up on today's show, we talk dementia and the role it's playing in sport with recent reports suggesting the increase in ex-professionals suffering from it. Tyson Fury is someone we all know as the lineal heavyweight champion of the world. However, why is he heading to the WWE and what's in store for Tyson Fury fans on the 31st of October? Is this a risk bearing in mind Deontay Wilder scheduled to fight the much anticipated rematch in February 2020? And of course, we have the fo- our followers' favorite, the segment Game of Zones as we zone into the game of the weekend. Any idea who's chosen for that? Try again. Yes, that's right, folks. Liverpool may have lost last week's 100% record against Manchester United. However, they now face Tottenham in a very different um, match because both have won in Europe and both have done big things. So that's something. Leicester City smashed Southampton 9-0 last night. If you didn't watch it, a couple of hat-tricks in store for you there. All this and more on the only place to be at three with me, Omar Dury, on Pulse 95. Pulse 95. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri. It sure is that time, and welcome back to the Halftime Show. And as always, i got my Halftimers tuned in, so it's only right to throw a couple of cheeky shout-outs. As you know, this show wouldn't be anything without you guys. Shout-out to Gmo, Sam, Mohamed Murad, Tarek, Maria Alduri, everyone who's tuned in on the Halftime Show, whether you're listening to us on Pulse95Radio.com, whether you're listening to us on the Instagram live at Omar Alduri or Pulse95Radio. We appreciate you guys, so thank you very much. Now, we start the show with a character who's no stranger to the sports world with his battle with mental health, his fight with illegal substances, and his remarkable turnaround in the boxing world. Tyson Fury is slowly stamping his mark as one of the most entertaining athletes in boxing and in sports. Now, he's currently the lineal heavyweight champion of the world. He defeated the legend Klitschko in a masterclass boxing fight, and after being out for three years, stepped forward to fight his toughest opponent to date, Deontay Wilder. So with all this going on and his stardom gaining more and more traction, why would he be stepping into an unfamiliar ring in the WWE? I have no idea what this world is coming to. He'll face Braun Strowman at Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia on Thursday as a means to keep active. He was told he couldn't train for 100 days after sustaining a cut in his bout against Otto Wallen in September. 47 stitches is what he needed. And that is pretty mad. So you're going to step into a boxing, uh, sorry, a, a wrestling ring instead of the boxing ring. I don't know. The problem with that 
is what if he gets injured performing a movement he's not familiar with during his experience in the WWE. Now, just as I say that, reports suggest that Tyson Fury has injured his ankle following his training session in the WWE. So what do I do? I rush over to YouTube and try and see the footage where he was rushed by his opponent in public and got allegedly injured. Now I look at the footage and I'm like, Omar, this is all part of the show. So nothing has happened to him. It's pure show. And as part of the WWE experience, that's what they're expecting. So I don't know how much to read into it. If you do hear he's injured, it's, it's probably fake. Um, so this will be the fourth show in Saudi Arabia and will take place on the, the 31st of October. Now we've seen the likes of Floyd Mayweather, Mike Tyson and Ronda Rousey do the crossover and be part of the World Wrestling Federation. But we're... Where will Tyson's Fury performance stand amongst these greats? I guess the only way to find out is to tune in and see for yourself. Fury drew an enthralling bout with Wilder in December and the pair are set to rematch on the 22nd of February 2020 if the American beats Luis Ortiz later this month. Now Fury is set to make a reported $15 million from his appearance at the WWE and with three fights scheduled in 2020 that might open the door for a career where he leaves the boxing world for the wrestling world. I don't know how I feel about that, to be honest. What do you guys feel about that? Text us on 4215, it's a do, or slide into our DMs at Pulse95 Radio or at Omar Alduri. Uh, as Arij and Fatma jump into the room with Sam Farouk as well, thank you so much for joining the Halftime Show. Coming up next, though, with the fourth boxer in a few months to pass away, dementia is being discussed a lot across the sports world. It's been trending across the world, so let's see what the reports are saying on the only place to be at the halftime show on Pulse95 especially following the Rugby World Cup that's happening at the moment now you don't want to miss this segment folks coming up right after this Water by the one and only Beyonce You're You're listening to Pulse95 Pulse95 This is the halftime show with Omar Adori on Pulse95 Nice strike Welcome back to the Halftime Show. Now, if you're just tuning in and want to catch up on our shows, don't worry. You can listen to all our content on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud commercial and music free. Just type in the Halftime Show with Omar Alduri, subscribe to it, and you can listen to it at your own convenience. Now, we've got some incredible guests discussing important topics such as mental health, gut foods that improve emotional and physical performance, and tackling racism in sport. So that's a lot of things to listen to and tune in at your own convenience. Remember, you can catch us on the Apple Podcast or SoundCloud. (laughs) Now, dementia is something we are hearing a lot more about in the current world of sport and society. The risk of having it is higher. So what is it and where did it start? Dementia was first described by the German doctor Alois Alzheimer in 1906 after he performed an autopsy on a woman with profound memory loss. What he found was a dramatically shrunken brain and abnormalities in and around nerve cells. At the time, dementia was rare and was then barely studied for decades. But today, somebody is diagnosed with it every three seconds. It's the biggest killer in some wealthier countries and is completely untreatable. So that really strikes a chord with me. Every three seconds. That is insane. Now, former professional footballers are three and a half times more likely to die of dementia than people of the same age. In the general population, according to new research, there was a report recently um, published in the BBC and the UK. 
and experts at Glasgow University have been investigating fears that heading the ball could be linked to brain injuries. The study began after claims that former West Brom striker Jeff Astley died because of repeated head trauma. Now, it compared deaths of 7,676 ex-players to 23,000 from the general population. Now, those numbers are crazy. The link between contact sport participation and neurodegenerative disease has been subject to debate in recent years. But until this study, it wasn't really clear whether there was any evidence or, of an increase uh, or you know, a disease rate in, in former footballers. A study from the University of Eastern Finland found that physical activity midlife seems to protect from dementia in old age. The April 2014 study titled Leisure Time Physical Activity from Mid to Late Life, Body Mass Index, and risk of dementia was published in the journal Alzheimer and Dementia. So the researchers involved in the study found that participants who engaged in physical activity at least twice a week had a lower risk of dementia than those who were less active. And the research also showed that becoming more physically active after midlife has also shown to lower dementia risk. So using sport and activity was actually in their favor. Now, for those that tuned into the show with Hiba Abdelgawad, who specializes in neuroscience and brain management, we covered a few topics on the importance of brain in performance. And it was an amazing show, by the way. So if you haven't caught it, really, really listen to it on the Apple podcast. Really, really good. And I can't wait to have uh, Dr. Alan Khoury, who specializes in sports medicine and is an incredible physician, to get more depth on the topic because there's a lot of mixed reviews on it. A concern amongst many of the experts was that headlines linking playing football to dementia may have a negative effect on participation in all sports. But physical activity and exercise have one of those strong, the strongest bodies of evidence when it comes to reducing the risk. And that's what we're trying to look at here. We're trying to look at how we can reduce the risk of dementia. Because at the end of the day, you know, as we get older, obviously, the way our body works biomechanically, the way our mind works is very different. In contrast, even if head injuries associated with football do indeed appear to lead to an increased risk of dementia, the risk is likely to be quite small, you know. Footballers also tend to be much fitter and healthier than the general population with better cardiovascular health. Now, this goes for most sports as well, so people that play at a high level will feel that way. But this, in turn, could lead to many footballers actually having a reduced risk of dementia due to their active and healthy lifestyle. And this is why this topic is considered quite open, as there are plenty of studies in contrast to the pros and cons. See, when we look at it at the end of the day, like sport, sport plays such a key role and just being active in general. But sport is it's, it's a beautiful and lovely thing. Whether you're watching it or participating, it involves people of all ages, abilities and backgrounds. There are hundreds of sports to get involved in and each one just as challenging. And this allows those participating to stretch themselves, not only physically, but mentally. You know, we talk about this on the show all the time, the mindset, the mental part of the game. But sports also contributes to our physical fitness, social interaction and mental well-being, which is the battleground for which we face dementia. So in the UK, there are nearly one million people living with dementia, with a forecast of nearly two million living with the disease by 2025. In the population aged over 65, one in every 14 people have this disorder. Now, sport not only brings people together, but also provides an escape from the individual's day-to-day -day struggles of life and illness. And I often say this when I'm coaching or dealing with footballers, use it as a form of escapism. You know, it's an outlet for us to be competitive, develop skills, strengthen our body, fortify our minds, diminishing dementia's onset. 
and dementia attacks our mental process trying to weaken our memory, change our personality and impair our reasoning but with sport and exercise and all the additional benefits we can keep this menace at bay and leave a like and live a healthy and, and happy lifestyle but what do you guys think text us on 4215 do, or slide into our DMs on Instagram at Omar Duri or Pulse95 Radio and let us know you know is dementia really taking over and shout out to those people who are tuning on the Instagram live Abdullah and Aaron Singh Erij Jimo Maria Duri. thank you for tuning in as always coming up next it's that time of day where we hit the one of, I say it's one of the, probably the favorite segments on the halftime show. We get a lot of people tuning in asking, what's going to be the game of zones this week? That's right. The game of zones will be zoned into the game of the weekend as Liverpool meets Spurs in the Premier League. It's going to get tactical, folks. So let's go. Let's enjoy this. Stay on uh, with us on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. Oh, he loves the fire. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adori on Pulse95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! Welcome back, and it is that time, so let's kick off this segment with a little intro. In the red corner, top of the league, Liverpool following a 4-1 smashing of Genk, look to continue their unbeaten run in the Premier League. Their opponents, Tottenham, have had an indifferent season so far. They look good after the Champions League midweek game against FK's Vezza. They smashed them 5-0. But who's going to win this weekend? Text us on 4215 do, or slide into our DMs on Instagram at Omar Durio Pulse 95 Radio and let us know who's going to win this weekend. It's, a, it's the game of the week and it's game of zones where we zone into the best game hopefully will be the most entertaining game of the weekend so let's talk about it here we go liverpool have lost just one of their last 13 premier league meetings with tottenham they've won eight drawn four and losing one but that was at wembley in 2017 where they lost 4-1 now what formation will tottenham play and what formation will liverpool play Liverpool have struggled against opposition who have implemented the fullbacks as part of a defensive setup against Sheffield United and recently against Manchester United, where there was a back three turning into a back five in transition. So, does that play into Pochettino's mind when preparing for this game? Because he has switched things up and they haven't worked with his back line. So, having looked at Sheffield United against Liverpool, where they lost 1 0, or having looked at Manchester United, against Liverpool where they drew one all, maybe that might be the way to counter Liverpool's massive stress. Now, having the distractions that Tottenham have had, Eriksen and Alderweireld being on the bench suggests that there are still issues because based on ability, those two should start. Son is definitely their talisman and no longer can be overlooked as he is their threat. I know a lot of you will be saying Harry Kane, but Harry Kane is their decoy, especially when he plays out of his strength, which is receiving the ball outside the box. In the box, he's clinical, and most of the time, that's where he will punish defences. This is what frustrates me at times when I see a typical poacher whose role is to be alert at all times around that area to finish and play the way he's supposed to play. When he tends to overcomplicate it and come out field and come onto the wings, and 
come towards the ball in the midfield, that takes away a huge part of his game. And there's no doubt Harry Kane should be at the end of a pattern play and not in the beginning or middle of it. Gets me every time. I don't know. Rant over. Anyway, Lloris is out, but wasn't playing well anyway, so who cares? No, no, I'm joking. Lloris was out, and he wasn't really on form. But where they will miss him is his captaincy and the fact that he is a leader and he is the person when things are going not good for Tottenham that they turn to him. So as a goalkeeper, Gazinga will step in or Gazaniga will step in um, as he is pretty much an unknown entity when it comes to the Tottenham lineup. And who are their fullbacks? Is it going to be Rose or Davis on the left side? Aurier? is still a little reckless for me and Walker Peters is still learning his trade. So I think playing the three with two wing backs will probably be better for Pochettino against this Liverpool side who are pretty much established using the wings. Now Eric Dyer hasn't showed the form that earned him an England place and Deli Ali's form is inconsistent from the way he introduced himself in his first season from the MK Dons. Sissoko, however, um, centrally has come a long way with a lot of credit, especially with Ndombele, who reminds me of Keita when he signed for Liverpool with big expectations to be one of those conquering midfielders. And that's where the battle will be won because we know how Liverpool are extremely determined and extremely durable throughout the centre of the pitch. Now, Lamella is a tricky one because with the distractions like Son and Kane, it opens the door for him to drop a shoulder and beat a player. He plays on the right side, but he's a left-footed player. Now, one advantage he will have is playing on that right wing. He will cut in a lot against Robertson, which is his weaker side. And in doing so, that draws him to his right foot, which opens up the opportunity to shoot or even an overlap from Aurier to double up on that right side against Robertson. So that could be something that Pochettino may use tactically to be able to stop Liverpool. Now, saying that, if Robertson does have his usual license to roam forward, then Lamella will have a tough time tracking back unless Pochettino does spring a surprise and have the three midfielders compact with two of them supporting the back four. <laughs> Are you with me? Good. So that will enable Lamella to be in the channels when the ball is won back. Basically, I want you to think of a different sport now for a second. When you see basketball, Creating a basketball-style counter where the moment the ball is won, it's immediately sent to the area on the field that is vacant and that would be where Lamella would stand to cause a different kind of problem to Liverpool. Kind of get me now? I think so. Now, that position can also be vacated by Lucas Moura, who, in my opinion, is often a player chosen to fix things rather than start. I wonder why, because even in the Champions League, his role was vital in getting him to the final and then he was dropped. Now, he's come up with some important goals for them, yet still finds himself in the shadows. Is he a bad trainer or got a bad attitude? I doubt it. I can't see him being one of those players that doesn't train or work hard, especially where he comes from. But here's a question for debate. Do Liverpool have the best three in the world? Mane, Salah and Firmino. Now, they wouldn't be European champions if they haven't got a strong force. But are they the best three in the world? And if so, who is up there with them? Who can match Liverpool's front three? Alisson is back. The back four should resume. Fabinho, Henderson and Wijnaldum, Salah, Firmino and Mane. With Ox, Chamberlain and Alana also staking claims for being up there as they contributed heavily, not just in the Manchester United game, but also in the Champions League game. So that puts a lot of um, things maybe for Klopp to, surpri to surprise us with. Now, this has the ingredients to be an incredible game with both defences being exposed. Let's hope it's a thriller. 
because sometimes we hype up these games and it doesn't turn out the way we want it to. So what do you think the score is going to be? Text us on 4215 or do or slide into our DMs at Instagram at Omar Alduri or at Pulse95 Radio and let us know where is the game going to be won? Who's going to win the match? What's the score going to be? Now we know one score yesterday. Leicester City 9-0. Now Bertrand was sent off uh, after 1-0 and to be fair when you saw the replay you can understand why. It's very early. It was a very rainy shocking conditions to play in but Leicester City are slowly moving up the league and rightfully so and the credit has to go to Brendan Rodgers who's been phenomenal going in there at the time he did people questioned why people said why would he leave with six games to go why don't he just finish off his time at Celtic it's because he was in demand and Leicester City have got their man and now I'm sure a lot of clubs Arsenal, Manchester United, probably looking over, and maybe even Tottenham, looking over at Leicester City and hoping, or wishing, that Brendan Rodgers was their manager. Coming up next, we tell you what's coming up for the week, our Pulse95 competition, and we have a guest coming in who is the top of the league in fantasy football at the Pulse95 Radio League. Okay? So that's going to be exciting. Can't wait to have him in. All this and more on the only place to be at three, Pulse95, the halftime show. Let's go. Pulse95. This is the halftime show with Umar Adouri on Pulse95. Nice strike. It sure is that time, and it's halftime show with Omar Dury. And before we carry on this segment, I gotta give a special shout out to Nouruddin, who's tuned in from the UK with his beautiful wife Amira and their incredible new baby-born son Rami. Shout out to you guys, sending you all the love and blessings from the halftime show in the UAE. We love you guys and hope you're doing well. What's coming up this week? Whew. Plenty to talk about. We've got the Rugby World Cup finals are going to be revealed, obviously, as the semi-finals are reaching up. We've got the Premier League is going to be kicking this weekend with a lot of good fixtures happening, including the Game of Zones, which we mentioned in segment three between Liverpool and Tottenham. Manchester United travel to Norwich and Arsenal face a very difficult game against Crystal Palace. So a few things happening in there. In Syria, Roma and Milan are going to be facing off. And also... A couple of things we've been talking about this week, and that is the um, UFC is coming up as well in the next week. And Nate Diaz will be fighting Masvidal, which a lot of people have said it might not be happening due to him failing um, a substance test. But I think that's all been a hoax and the fight will carry on, guys. So don't worry. And if you are actually tuned in to the halftime show, you will know that we have the Pulse95 Fantasy Football League. And it's only right that I bring in the person who's top of the league uh, in the um, Fantasy Football League. So let's just give him a round of applause. Okay, so the top of the league, the person top of the league uh, is here today and he is talking to you. Ah! (laughs) Yes, folks, finally, a little bit of luck as I am top of the league of the Fantasy Football League. It's taken me a while. Now, shout out goes to Erij and all those who are at the top four. But with Leicester City smashing Southampton 9-0, 
uh, it only leaves that room for someone to probably knock me off the top spot and beat me on top of the league. So that's a big thing happening in the Fantasy Football League. We also ha- we're also giving away the uh, champions of the Arabian Gulf League, Sharjah FC, uh, signed T-shirt. And all you have to do is hashtag MySharjahFC, tag us and let us know why you deserve to win the t-shirt and you get it for free how about that sounds good right that's right so that's what we're doing for that and also what else do we have we had a recap of last week where we had some incredible uh guests we had miffy edlin who discussed uh, the different injuries in terms of acl and the most common things that she has to face when dealing with athletes from all around the world in different sports if you did miss that out guys you can catch us on apple podcast or soundcloud just type in the halftime show with omar Dury, and we are there commercial free and music free you can catch up on any of our episodes because they turn into podcasts straight after the show so that's probably that kind of time again where we reach full time on the halftime show remember to tune in every monday wednesday saturday three to four we will be back this is Pulse 95. Tune in live every Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday from 3 p.m.